0: Hey everybody, welcome to week number two of season 46 of SNL, the SNL stats panel. I have an amazing panel for you tonight. My name is John from SNL stats. And if you haven't checked out our last two weeks of shows, we had an amazing panel for our preseason, including someone who was on that show, it will be joining us tonight as well as an incredible panel for the episode one with Chris Rock. Uh, Please go check that out. We have them available on YouTube right now. Uh, Search SNL Stats or they're in your podcast feed. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and do not miss any episode. But tonight we are gonna be talking about the Bill Burr and Jack White show, which I have to say was a very interesting show, Mm -hmm. um, especially for the time we're living in. So it's gonna be great to talk about it. Um, We're gonna go through everything with an incredible panel And first, I would like to welcome back to the show our first two-time guest. He is uh, three away from getting a five-timers jacket. I would like to welcome back to the show, Mr. Dave Buckman. Dave, how are you doing?
1: Hello. Hi. How are you? How's it going, Dave? It's going great. That's good. I'm back in Austin after some traveling, so I'm happy to be uh, here and present. Okay.
0: Well, we're happy to have you uh, back on the show. I got a lot of nice compliments about you from our preseason show, so no pressure for this time. <laughs> I'll do my uh, yeah. Um, so, so we welcome back Dave. And then next up on the panel is Andrew Dick. He is the host of that week in SNL, which is a podcast that is available right now. You can search it and they go through old episodes of SNL and do some really fun recaps of those. So I'm going to stop talking about it because I want Andrew to, to tell everybody what he does. So Andrew, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You want me to say more about the podcast? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll do some plugs at the end, but uh, just just so everybody kind of knows your background with the show and how how tell everybody kind of how you got into SNL and and why you started your podcast.
2: Ooh, we. Uh, well, I started watching late 90s early mid late 90s you know will ferrell sherry Terry cast uh and also those halcyon days where like comedy central was like 90 uh <laughs> snl reruns yep. so that was nice uh and, and so you know i just really uh jumped in with both feet until about 2003 or four you know late stages of high school the episode the shows just they just kind of lost me for a while uh, and then eventually, slowly, I just got back into it. I started reading about uh, like the the Dick Ebersol years and just like, you know, I've never seen any of that and started diving into that and, and just getting fascinated with the history of the show. And uh, eventually that led to the podcast uh, that I do with my friend, uh, Tim Chicali, where we discuss old episodes of SNL that week in SNL. Check it out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And uh, we'll definitely tell everybody about the new episodes you have up. Uh, We'll we'll save that for the end of the show. But uh, right now, I'm going to introduce our last panelist tonight. And this is a guy I'm really excited to have on also because, um, you know, if you're on SNL Twitter, you know, the SNL in review experience, um, that Twitter account, and they're all about uh, talking about every alumni there is, um, so the creator of the SNL interview experience is Andy Hogland. He is a writer uh, who does SNL recaps and alumni interviews for EW and Vulture. Andy, welcome Thanks. to the show. How are you doing?
3: John, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. This is, this is fun. And uh, I just want to say, you know, being on, on the panel here with, uh, Andrew and Dave, you know, I'm uh, big fans of, of both your guys and you know, whether it's the aftermath or whether it's, you know, that week in SNL, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan more than
0: anything. So it's, it's cool to be part of this. Yeah. We welcome you. Have you, Andy, have you been on on an SNL podcast before?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was on the the New Jersey one and um, I was on um, Jill and Amanda's uh, during the the hiatus um, back during last spring.
0: OK, well, they're really good friends of the show. They joined us for our preseason. Panel. I saw um,
3: that. I saw that. So, yeah, it's cool.
0: Yeah, we have a really great community. And, um, you know, you are a guy, you know, I'm going to transition here because you are a guy who, uh, like I said, writes SNL recaps every single week. So you speak to a lot of alumni. And that's one of the things that I think it's really great what you do. If you haven't checked out Andy's Entertainment Weekly recaps, he speaks to alumni about every single episode every week. So I believe this week you had Jeff Richards on your recap.
3: Yeah. Jeff's a great guy. He's a good buddy. And uh, he recently, you know, I'm not going to plug my stuff. I'll I'll plug Jeff's stuff. He just recently started his own podcast as well, too. So if you guys uh, have uh, the inclination, please check out uh, the Jeff Richards show as well.
0: Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Didn't
3: uh, he just
2: have Daryl on? Did I see that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Daryl is going to have him on and he just had Daryl on uh, as well, too, as part of the first five episodes and, and Punky Johnson and, Jamie Kennedy, a few other folks. So it's 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 fun watching it grow. Just as it's fun watching this grow. <laughs> a lot of growth happening this year.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of cool projects. Um, so, so I gave Andrew an opportunity to kind of give his background on SNL. Uh, Andy, why don't you give us your kind of background of how you got into the show and became such a super fan?
3: I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to date myself a little bit. Um, I think it goes back to Wayne's World, the Wayne's World sure. phenomenon back in, in 1992. Now, I, I distinctly remember being a, a Cub Scout and everyone's quoting the movie. It was just one of those movies like Borat or Austin Powers, where just everyone was name-dropping it. And uh, when I made the connection, again with Comedy Central just being ubiquitous, realizing that this had started as a, a sketch before it was a movie, that kind of like really led me down the rabbit hole, you know, even as a you know elementary school kid, of discovering, oh, you know, some of your favorite actors like Eddie Murphy and, and Bill Murray, before they were in Ghostbusters and Beverly Hills Cop. They were cutting this their teeth on this show, and uh, you know I think I was at least a casual fan back then. And uh, um, in 2015, uh, I was doing a column for uh, a website that was powered by Boston.com, and that's how I initially came up with the concept of um, doing anniversary pieces for you know SNL related movies. You know, so if it was the 25th an- or 35th anniversary for Caddyshack or you know, 20th anniversary for Happy Gilmore, things like that, you know, I was doing like little recaps about the legacy of these films. And it, it just has kind of like morphed and, and taken on a life of its own um, since then. And, uh, you know, I've been really lucky to kind of make the connections and 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 be able to uh, write these uh, snapshot pieces of, of some of the show alum, because I, I really love that aspect of it. You know, not just necessarily talking about you know the pop culture icons like like bill murray or, or whatever john belushi you know because we've heard those stories so many times but helping to to really um you know shine a light on someone like patrick weathers and, and getting drinks with him in the, the french quarter or going up to the hudson valley and and meeting with denny Dillon and getting to have lunch with her
1: i read you know, that, I think, that was a good one.
3: Oh yeah that was one
1: of my great pieces one.
3: from over the summer yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of how it's, how it's evolved. It's been a, a great journey and, uh, you know, it's fun to really capture those stories.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that's amazing. And this is exactly what I wanted for, and this was the idea for the SNL stats panel is to get a bunch of people together who are, you know, ha- are these major super fans who can call out cast members from season six of the show <laughs> and talk about it, uh, because not everybody can exactly. do that. And there's a lot of You know there's a lot of season 46 casuals who are just checking out the show and don't Mm -hmm. realize the history um behind every single sketch and every single uh, cameo that happens on a weekly basis so this is really cool to have in my opinion three experts on the panel with me tonight who really know the show for 46 years so um, I'm going to transition right now to kind of talk about the season so far. So let me bring in Dave here because, Dave, we, we spoke a little bit prior to the show where you had emailed me and said, there, you know, there were some things you had to kind of get off your chest about uh, what you're seeing so far in season 46. And you weren't on with us last week. So, so give it to me. I want the hot takes. I want to hear what you're feeling so far about season 46.
1: About season 46. Well, certainly a rocky start. Um, I think there's a lot going on that we the viewers aren't seeing that's uh causing the rocky start i don't i think the writing's been good i think the uh, performances have been good i think the pacing is rough um i think (laughs) a lot of that is um you got two comedians who are not um great sketch performers uh hosting um and so uh, as much as I love Chris Rock, you know, he's never greatest sketch performer. Uh, and Bill Burr, first time hosting, you know, he's a stand up and it's a completely different sensibility. Plus, you have all the different um, things going on with COVID that are keeping people, uh, you know, separated. Uh, who knows where the cameras are or how many people are out on set. And so there's a little bit of like a, a rocky road, I think, happening right now, especially early in the episodes. I think they're finding. They're, they're having fun towards the end of those episodes, but certainly the ones where it counts, like you want to be, you want them to be knocking out of the park. Those first two or three live sketches, uh, mm. like they're really being hampered by cue card reading, by miscues, by a, ca- a, a, a slower camera uh, 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 transition. Um, people kind of get lost in the weeds a little bit uh, in the lines. Uh, that's kind of hurting the pacing of the comedy, which are letting. Some really good writing kind of like fall a little flat uh, on some of those jokes. Um, but I think Weekend Update is killing it. I think.
0: Well, Ch- you know what, Dave, uh, not to interrupt you, but I want I want to get into all of that because I think you said a bunch of really interesting things and there's there's a lot sure. of aspects to that. Um, you know, one of the questions I had coming into this, um, I felt the same way. I felt like the pacing was a little bit off in the last couple shows. shows. Um, when you start the show with a 12 or 13 minute debate sketch, go yep. right into a monologue, <laughs> and then go into commercial. But
1: the, probably written Thursday or Friday.
0: For sure. And, but then the, the pacing of the entire show is off because when you watch a show that isn't in debate mode and they have a six or seven-minute cold open, we have another sketch in there. And to me, that feels a little bit more formulaic. But I want to mm-hmm. bring in Andrew. So, Andrew, tell me what you think because uh, from what Dave's saying, it's not really just that we have a 12 or 13-minute um, cold open. It's also that there may be some sloppy changes in the camera angles and, and other things going on behind the scenes that may be affecting the overall experience of the show. Yeah.
2: And it's hard to tell just how much, uh, rehearsal time they're able to get right now. Uh, I just, I, I honestly don't know, but yeah, it does seem a tad sloppier than it should. Uh, And I I don't know what's going on. Again, I I just don't know if it's it's lack of rehearsal time, but it does seem that they said that they were going to be producing less sketches week by week, thus affording them the time to block out and rehearse the sketches. Uh, And and I will say that I think some of that clumsiness uh, did affect some sketches in this episode, uh, though I will say that I, I felt like Bill Burr uh, did his best to elevate uh, a lot of the material in in last week's episode, so uh, yeah. but the yeah, it is weird just having our first major sketch around midnight, you know, that, that is strange, like 20 minutes of material before you even get to the first commercial break, and it's just the cold open and the monologue, basically, and it's like it's not really like the cold open shouldn't be your longest segment of the show. Like that's supposed to be like, boom, let's get into the show, some energy and then live from New York and we're into it. Right. Uh, And I think if you're not hugely into the political material that they're producing right now, like myself, uh, it kind of starts it on a, like a 15 minute down note of just like, okay, come on. All right, let's go. So,
0: yeah, no, definitely, and 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 Andy, um, you know, we we're not, we don't, we love the show. That's why we're doing these these podcasts and these panels and stuff like that. And we we want to see the best possible show we can on a Saturday night. So for anyone who's checking us out, you know, we're not here to complain about the show. But what I do want to do is basically say that there could potentially be um some issues that are worth addressing from what we've seen in the first two weeks. And I'm curious your opinion on it.
3: Yeah, I mean, first, uh, I'll say just anecdotally, you know, uh, recently I was watching uh, some of the Peacock broadcasts that that they've made available, some of the old episodes, and I I forget which episode it was right now, but Phil Hartman did a, um, Andrew might remember, um, Phil Hartman did a cold open that was like maybe 45 seconds or a minute long, and it was just him, and it was like, boom! Boom! And it was like that 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 surge of energy, and you went into the credits, and then I again I forget who the cold the uh, the host was, but all of a sudden you're into the monologue, and the show has started ten minutes in, and it was just such a glaring contrast to you know the last few episodes or the last few seasons, frankly, where the first third of the show is bogged down by the political code open and the monologue, which, you know, the, the quality varies. So I think if if you wanna pick like a, a, a word of the day or one singular word that describes the first two episodes so far, you know, I think disjointed would be the word, you know, and it's like, look, like the, the show is always fragmented just by the, the very nature of, of what it is, right? But, you know, from like the, these elements that we're talking about, the cold open, the, the monologue, you know, update all these different pieces of the gumbo. You know, there's there's so little time The the celebrity cameos, there's so little time to really focus on sketches as their own, you know, let alone spotlight 20 different cast members. That is like the comedy equivalent of too big to fail, essentially, you know.
0: Yeah. And this is one of those things that. um you know we were discussing last week on our show and as a journalist i'm gonna i'm gonna send it right back to you andy because uh, i was very curious if this could potentially be some headline chasing is it that there's so many more eyeballs on the cold open that they want to extend this as long as possible oh yeah i, I mean know... it's
3: a business right yeah. like this is at at the end of the day they're an extension of mbc of and and they they know what gets clicks and they they know what advertisers are, are driven by and I mean, I, I, I've i never worked, you know, for, for the show or, or for a network for that matter, but it, the calculation seems pretty obvious that, you know, they they got addicted, whether it's post-Tina Faye, or Sarah Palin, or what have you, but they they know what is going to break through in a pretty, you know, fragmented, decentralized, you know, uh, environment culturally, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And Dave, I mean, you, you just like opened up this discussion by saying your thoughts on it. Do, do you have any bandaid solutions that you think that you would like to see in the next few episodes?
1: Well, I'll tell you that opening sketch was three sketches. Uh, they, you know, <laughs> they wrote three sketches and strung them back to back to back and called it an opening sketch. So I would encourage them to pick one horse in that race. Uh, if you want if you got Maya, you know, use do Kamala. Do a fly sketch later on in the show. I think we could all use it. You know what I mean? Like they just wanted that fly reference, or the Jeff Goldblum reference. That fly was no one counted on that fly, so of course they're going to hit it, but they hit it so hard, and we went off on this Herman Cain um, tangent. So I would say, um, uh, you know, I think we need the politics right now. I think everybody's kind of expecting. It. I think Lauren has been talking about it for the last five or six years how much American needs his uh, his political sketches. Um, but I think, uh, uh, they could do some with some editing. I think in those early sketches, hit it harder and faster and not try to like, uh, scatter shot the whole week in one 12 minute sketch. And
2: mm-hmm. I will say that I personally don't have, uh, a problem with, uh, say the debate sketch sort of unfolding into other things like in theory, uh, the whole fly thing, could have been fun if it wasn't the exact thing that everybody in America said they should do. So they did it. I was like, come on, you're comedy writers. Don't just do what randos on Twitter said you should do. And then you just do it. And it's like, yeah, it's the fly. Uh, but I don't have, I'm not against a sketch sort of unveiling itself and moving into other areas, especially if it's something like just a dry uh, debate sketch. Like, I really did not want twelve minutes of just Maya and Beck. Uh, mostly just repeating the beats of what happened. Um, so. the,
3: the one thing that I would say, just as like a little bit of a devil's advocate for the sketches, I do like when the show gets a little dark and gets a little weird, you know? I, it was a I
2: dark episode.
3: Yeah, like, yeah, it, it was. And I think that's why I, I kind of like this more than some of the other, like, cheerleading stuff that the modern show typically does. Um, the Herman Cain thing, I, yeah, I didn't think it was that sharp satirically. And I, I didn't find it especially funny, but I did kind of admire the you know, they're making fun of a, a a guy who's been dead for six weeks. You know, I, that that took a little bit of guts, I suppose, even if I'm, I'm not quite with it. Um, but the ones th- anyway, the one thing that I would say in defense of um, that sketch is uh, I, I did like seeing Jim Carrey do an impression of his old uh, Earth Girls Are Easy co-star. Why you know, anything that? that keeps that movie in the zeitgeist uh, <laughs> is works for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, look, I mean, for me, I I was going into this episode with an expectation that we weren't going to see Jim Carrey tonight. Um, And so and that I thought would be a strategic choice by SNL to not push him too much at the beginning so they can extend the novelty of Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. Shame (laughs) on me for thinking that that was possible. But I just really felt like this was a perfect opportunity to you know, take a week off from Jim Carrey. He had a a, a good maybe at most um, episode one, and then you're probably going to have him for episodes three, four, five, six, seven. So episode two was probably the week to go all in on Maya Rudolph, go all in on Beck Bennett, try and find some angle of the debate that would be interesting, and you know, try and find something. I know we discussed last week, like what is the thing that they're going for with Jim Carrey. And Biden, and to me, the obvious thing to do because SNL in the last twenty years for all their politicians has found a thing, and to me, that thing was Jim Carrey as Biden is going to hold himself back from getting too angry, and that that was like what I thought they were going to play on, and it was going to be, you know, that's what we saw in the first episode, and I was like, okay, there's something here because you know, like Dave, I'll bring you in for a second as as like a comedian because. I know that you need to find something and develop it and then build on top of it and on top of it as you go. And I was like, okay, there's something here and now we're going to see how far can they push this? Will Jim Carrey hold himself back before he goes and goes like full on Hulk at Trump?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great hook, but I think Jim Carrey is too good of an impressionist to just have one hook for the season. He's there, he's in New York. They're going to use him. Alec Baldwin clearly does not like playing Trump anymore, but will do it as some sort of national service to us all, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, he's there. He's, he, he's going to use Maya and, and um, Jim Carrey as much as they can. And I'm sure, you know, had the fly not happened, we might have just gotten a straight Maya and Beck scene. Um, I think, you know, we got Jim Carrey is one of the best impressions of all time. Everybody says do Jeff Goldblum. He can do Jeff Goldblum. They're going to write that sketch. Uh, you know what I mean? So um, I think we have not even begun to scratch the surface of what this Joe Biden impression is gonna be come Christmas And hmm
0: and and, and I'll also ask you as like a big Jason Sudeikis guy and someone who you've known a long time Do you really you know like do you ever feel like Jim Carrey's Biden will ever be able to match up to what Jason did with the character?
1: Yeah, I love Jason's Biden. It, it grew in me so much um, this is a different thing. This is like the difference between Daryl's Trump and Alex's Trump and Taryn Killam's Trump. You know, it's, they're different Trump. They different, different take on the thing, and, you know, everybody's going to have their own take. You know, he had all, um, after Will left, uh, who did uh, uh, Bush? It was like okay. uh, Parnell.
0: Uh, a a yeah. It Yeah, it was, it was a bunch of people very quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Daryl
2: and Parnell. Yeah. Uh, so very briefly.
1: It evolved. Yeah, it evolves, and um, so I'm sure I would. We'd all love to see Jason all season do Biden, but he's got he's got Ted Lasso to do. Uh, so I think uh, maybe we'll get a, um, a a Biden multiplicity sketch at one point. Would be great with the two of them. Um, but the Spider Verse, uh, yeah, Biden. going to evolve. And yes, exactly. Oh, that'd be a great sketch. Um, but uh, <laughs> all the different Biden's and yeah. Mulaney comes in as a pig, body. and Mulaney was
0: Spider Pig, um, so there you go. He
1: was
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think we also had Sadikas
0: doing a Bush for a while too.
1: That's right. Oh well, my God, we uh, did. I it. always forget that. Yeah, we're gonna have a new Biden. Hopefully, come November, it'll be a completely different Biden. You know, the candidates always turn into somebody completely different when they're a president, anyway. So I'm sure that is going to evolve as well. And you know, even when he's president or president elect. You know other things are gonna come up for biden that's gonna influence how he plays it
0: yeah and uh andrew let me bring you in here because i I think that um this is a really interesting discussion i love the passion that we're having because we we do want to fix the show um at least a little bit but how do you feel about the overall show itself just beyond the cold open? I mean, uh, like I said, the pacing was a little odd, but um, we actually have also like a ton of cast members, which we're going to get into who uh, are not even there. Um, It's just, there's a lot of weird things right now. Well, for uh, me, this episode was kind of a
2: make or break situation in terms of at least watching live because uh, I mean, I, I have not, Held back from my opinion that the last couple seasons, they, they just simply have not been my bag, mostly. I mean, the show can still produce great episodes. Uh, but watching that premiere, I like. I I did not like it. I did not like it at all, and it really—I was like, "All right, it's it's up to Bill Burr to save this uh, from at least (laughs) making me stay up to one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday (laughs) watching the show." Uh, And I think we got there. I mean, there's at least a a reprieve for now. But uh, my biggest problem with last week, to which it almost seems like they overcorrected. With this one was the the premiere had no base in reality for me. One of my favorite things for SNL, uh, especially vintage SNL, when you go back and watch it, you can sort of uh, get some level of what the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. was for that month, that week, and the premiere did not. It, it was no did not express any reality. I'm I'm part of uh, right. The debate did The debate didn't even uh, express the debate that happened. You know, it's like even the debate doesn't look like the debate that actually happened. And so apparently they heard me to some degree. And I think this episode does a better job of actually communicating what's going on. But by the time it got to like the mob sketch uh, in the back half of the show, I was like, all right, well, maybe we've done one too many. Uh, You got to find that balance. But I forgot what the original question was.
0: No, I just was, you, I think you you answered it, which was, I was just curious about your overall opinion on, on the show itself and how things mm. are doing. And and I, and look, I think we talked a lot about that, um, that I want to kind of move to the actual tone of this show and Bill Burr, which to me, one of the things we got in mean, that got brought up earlier was a, how kind of dark this episode was. Mm-hmm. And... Um, for those who are super fans and have been watching for forty six years, I mean that was SNL at the beginning of its of its run. You know, in the seventies, it, it was dark. It was you know at a time when people were watching and they wanted to see the not ready for primetime players rebel against whether it was politicians or celebrity culture or whatever it was, and they would produce sketches. The writers would write these sketches that were dark and and really, um, like, nothing, you know, a lot of things that wouldn't even be allowed on TV now were done. I mean, like, think about uh, the first season where you had, like, Richard Pryor's sketch that was, like, very famous and, and uh, you know, like, so many things that, that they would do that you would never be done in this 2020 culture um, that, to me, this was Really interesting because if you went on um, Facebook or Twitter during Bill Burr's monologue, uh, you were hit with a lot of opinions. <laughs> so, um, and and you know, I don't want to say uh, what our own personal opinions are about everything, but I want to say like. This was an interesting turn for the show. And is it something, Andy, that is a little bit of a one-off for you that they're gonna kind of take this dark path where they're talking about these sensitive subjects? Or is this something that maybe they should be doing more?
3: Well, they I, I think absolutely they should be doing it more. The question is, will they and, and can they? You know, I, I think this was largely their are reflecting and, and refracting, you know, Bill Burr's sensibility, you know, his 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 ability to bite. You know, um, you know, I, I just think that the majority of people who's going to come on and, and host, you know, uh, they won't have that kind of perspective and and the show won't adapt to them, even if they do. You know, the show is just in its current form. It's just it's way too entrenched. You know, it, it's an institution, you know, they've gone from being anti-mainstream to, to being the mainstream, you know, uh, that's why I I, I kind of think of it as as this lumbering giant and, you know, it, there there is enough there that uh, you know keeps me watching and engaged because um, I think Andrew makes a great point about uh, how the show uh, you know um, mirrors its era, and I don't know if we can extrapolate some like our larger message about the show's uh, like lack of ability to do that right now. Maybe that's in itself a, a message, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. I I'll I'll think think of this as a a happy one week. Um, you know, one week off or something.
0: Yeah. And uh, Dave, let me bring you in on that. Uh, what's of uh, uh, the overall tone of the show? How did you feel yeah. about it? Did you, did you love what was happening in terms of the tone of the show? Or was it a little bit, you know, off-putting?
1: Oh, it was <laughs> off-putting. He was um, certainly uh, trying to create, uh, um, you know, a persona around Bill Burr. That is Bill Burr's persona. That is, the, those are the topics that he talks about in the stand-up. Those are the topics that interest him. And he, you know, the host, I'm pretty sure has... A great deal of sway of what sketches make it to the to the air. Um, they're in that they're in, certainly in that discussion what they're comfortable with. So who knows what else what's got cut? But you know I think the show always reflects the times that they're in. Comedy itself reflects the times that are in. And you go back to those um, early first five seasons. You know that was a dark time for America as well, coming out of Nixon and um, all of you know the last the end of the Ford and the Carter administration and you know it was kind of a general malaise in the in in the country at that time as well. So, um, you know, another one-term president. Uh, so, of course, they're going to have dark sketches. And, of course, we're going to have dark sketches now. Um, but I think, you know, that is Bill Burr's sentiment. I'm sure Issa Rae is going to bring a completely different sen- uh, sentiment to her show. And the show will be built around her sense of humor and her persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and will probably reflect her uh, just as much. So, um, I think strong personalities uh, tend to uh, create uh, the... Uh, that creative art around them, you know, I don't think JJ Watt really cared what sketches he was in at all. Um, Mm. For Bill Burr very much cares what sketches he's in.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you look at an individual episode, I'm we're more of a show that looks at, you know, the macro and the entire history of the show. But when you look at one individual episode and you start thinking is the tone of the show decided by the cast or by the host. And it seems like the stronger, Uh, hosts the ones that have stronger opinions maybe are the ones that dictate the overall tone of the show whereas someone like you said like an athlete who doesn't have a you know a full leg to stand on in the comedy world probably gets dictated to as to what the tone of the show is going to be more and I thought this was something that I want to get into and I'm going to bring you in Andrew in a second uh was was an interesting contrast because you had I wouldn't necessarily that the show was say that the show was right leaning uh, on Saturday but it was certainly pushing the envelope of what they would normally mm-hmm. do on a Saturday night and then you had a weekend update where you had Pete having his own uh conversation and discussion and and basically he ends it by saying vote for biden at the end of weekend update which is you know you could believe in whatever you want and you can vote whatever you want and, and that's fine and pete's totally entitled to have that opinion but uh is that in you know almost in contrast to what the show is trying to do so um andrew i'll bring you in on this one i know it's a it's it's a difficult interesting conversation to have but from all your history watching the show what do you think
2: well, I, the whole, I, you're not the first one to say that this felt like a more right leaning episode, uh, which I think is interesting because there's, there's something about Bill Burr and let's discuss Bill for a second. Cause he's a very, uh, caustic, uh, comedian. Um, I mean, basically his persona is just asshole, uh, and kind of it's like a little bit of that throwback to the 80s uh Dennis Miller or Dennis right. Leary, you know, like he says what you're all thinking and <laughs> that that sound that is the voice like when you hear, hear Bill Bird, that is the voice you hear, but he always zigzags on you. And so you think you're going into this realm, mm-hmm. but then eventually you end up over here and He's—he's. He's I, I think Bill's far more progressive than his character, his persona, his voice, or his audience. Uh, <laughs> or you know makes you believe so like a lot of the uh and i love any episode that of snl that just makes people angry that's always great i feel you know that's that's that should be the energy from snl really just uh so many wild swings and if you miss that's fine as long as you connect a few times uh I, personally i'm i'm happy and so i did notice a couple people saying that uh and i i just don't feel that's indicative of what was actually being said it just sounded like that's what was being said uh but even in the monologue i mean like the monologue was was six of one half dozen the other like started strong with the whole mask uh run and then like the uh, like the pride parade thing at the end that did seem pretty clunky and and out of touch and just like why why are we doing this. And contrived. Like, that's not true. He
3: he definitely knows what Pride Week is. Like,
2: <laughs> And, you know, I'm fine with a comedian. You know, just I don't know. That, you know, this is, a comedian doesn't always need to uh, establish a joke on their own experience. You know, I could right. follow along to a degree. But yeah, that just uh, like, why? Why now? Why this? And, you know, to again, I can understand there's very little places to workshop this uh right now so i don't know how much of this was new material for him i do know he has a podcast so maybe you know the the, the stuff cooked up there but that's still sort of in a bubble uh of of bill and uh, whoever he brings on so this is certainly not road worn material i think uh had and it was out. it was interesting. It, I again, I just like anything that any episode of SNL where I felt like you know I actually I need to chew on this one for a while. I really need to digest this one, uh, and really see what they were saying. Like they were saying something, and that's not always uh, the case.
1: He had a good enough out. He he could have let gone out on uh, take your talking to. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they applauded. He had applause line. He went one mm. more. And he kind of lost right. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Andrew, you're, you're totally right. And that's why I think that for anyone who's watching this show, um, at least our our show tonight, is that this is this gives you material to talk about. This is interesting. You know, mm-hmm. for, as, for as exciting as it was to have Chris Rock open up SNL for the first time after, you know, during the pandemic and people are in masks and there was a lot of, you know, things that were different. I mean, this is something that you're going to talk about. And I think people are going to remember the Bill Burr episode for a while, at least, and some sketches from it. And, and, and those are kind of the things that are exciting. And I'm not saying that the solution is always to push the envelope, but it is worth giving something, you know, give people something to think about. And Andy, I, I think, like, to myself, like, who in the cast can do that on a regular basis? And I'm having trouble thinking of anyone besides Michael Che that pushes the envelope in the entire cast. Well, was I was about
3: to say actually that this was a, a a glimpse into what the show could have been had Shane Gillis, uh, you know, uh, fulfilled his destiny as a, a cast member and, and blown up. Because I do think you know Gillis and 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 having someone like Bill Burr host that's that's the show's way of of trying to reach this audience pocket that you know may have written the show off to a certain extent. Um, you know, so and that actually kind of brings me to. Um, you know a, a counterpoint that I think was made earlier. I think Dave, you might have mentioned, you know, that that rock and 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 uh and Burr aren't are natural sketch performers. And that's actually what I kind of like about having these types of guys come on because they do bring their their own perspective and they they push you know these these super well trained sketch and, and improv types, you know, the, the theater kids, let's call them, it pushes them into a different orbit a little bit. Which I find refreshing personally. Well,
2: yes. let's not let's not forget that uh Bill did perform in Chappelle Show. Yeah. is oh, an actor. So yeah. <laughs> I mean he has done sketch. Yeah. Yes, and Mandal- Matt's yeah. breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah,
3: that's actually a great point, is that he's in two classic Chappelle show sketches. That, like, it's two, right? He's in uh, Sam he's Adams in- Beer, and he's in um the racial draft.
2: Yes. I mean, and, and and I think he also wrote as well. So yeah, I mean, he's around in the show. So, not uh, not all over the place, but he's done sketch. So live,
1: live sketch is so different. Live sketch is so different. Yeah, than, yeah. Know, a couple takes it's Really different than, than stand up. I think stand ups are going to push that envelope harder than anybody. Uh, and there, you know, any stand up's going to create when Seinfeld hosted. The show is basically around his persona. And Jay Leno hosted. it. It's basically about his persona.
3: But uh, that's what I love. I, I mentioned earlier that I, I'm really into the the early 90s SNL, the late 80s SNL. Like, I love that heavy stand-up presence. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I think putting stand I mean, obviously it can go bad. It can go very bad, as we've seen. But I think when it works, I, I think it's a nice balance to the force. Um, having stand-ups fit inside that kind of format, you know, and taking their sensibility and and, and giving it that kind of
0: structure. Mm-hmm. And, and what I would love to do is if you are a new viewer to SNL and you're checking out our show tonight and you're fascinated with this discussion about hosts that push the envelope a little bit, I would love to go around the panel and give me some episodes throughout the run of the show, each of you, that you can recommend to somebody who's you know seen the last four or five years of SNL and has seen you know kind of the same tone And they don't know that there are, you know, episodes upon episodes throughout the history of the show that are really great that push the envelope. And I guess uh, whoever wants to go first, Dave. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I don't. I just watched one the other night that was really terrible. Push the envelope. Um, There is one from season, I want to say, four, uh, with um, uh, not Henry Youngman, Milton Berle. Milton Berle hosted.
2: I actually like the back half of that episode. I yeah. got to admit, no, but no. it starts terribly, and anything with Milton is trash. But <laughs> I
1: to see it, and I, I found it on Hulu the other night, and I watched. I was like, "Oh my god!" Every every scene is sexist or racist. Uh, <laughs> just so there's so or or misogynist or homophobic, uh, and there's just so much to it. I think the the people that really pushed the envelope for me. I love Buck Henry episodes because mm. Buck Henry would come in and say, whatever sketch every other host didn't want to do, I'll do. And he would just clean out their computers, before computers were a thing. Typewriters. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Can they, uh, clean out their files and do every sketch that uh, nobody else wanted to do. And they loved him for it. And some of those are really edgy sketches, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, some of them wouldn't play anymore. And, I, um, and uh, yeah. I I love the Pierce Brosnan one. There's a lot of mayhem. There's murder. There's yelling at kids. Uh, 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 kids drinking. Um, it's 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 very inappropriate. Um, but it's I think it's one of my favorite episodes of all time.
0: Yeah, and the reason yeah. I'm doing this is because we don't get to do this very often. We uh, you know for people who are following the show nowadays, we don't get to talk about these quote unquote uh, dangerous episodes of SNL. So this is exciting because we can recommend things that you're not going to see very often on the show nowadays. So Andrew, what about you? Anything come to mind? Uh, well, springing off of the Milton Burl, I think the,
2: the complete opposite of that. Uh, one of my favorite episodes is uh, the Don Rickles uh, <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, that one is pure joy. And somehow, you know, it's, it's Don Rickles and Lord knows the, the alchemy that that man creates to, to walk the line of, being so joyfully offensive it's madness uh and and from the same you know that's from the uh early 80s Ebersol era and since that's a favorite of mine I will also say any of the Bruce Dern episodes <laughs> uh from that era are also uh just Buck Wilde incredible Buck madness. Henry Wilde. yes yes yeah. Buck Henry Wilde Bruce
0: Dern um what about you Andy
3: well, uh actually Andrew uh, when you bring up Bruce Dern I, I loved um, the anecdote that Gary Kroger gave on uh on your interview with him uh, a couple weeks back
2: oh right of uh because I mean the thing I love about uh, the Bruce Dern episodes is how dramatic they are and uh-huh. uh, they're the, the cold open begins with Gary Kroger basically c- trying to commit suicide because he's he's been uh-huh. cut from the show Uh <laughs> And so I think in dress or rehearsal or whatever Gary was was kind of winking a little bit kind of playing it a little bit more comedically than he does in the live show and Bruce came up and was like no you have to sell the reality of this we have to believe you are suicidal and that's how the show opens so that's right. you know that's that's your kind of in for a Bruce Yeah I just episode. wanted to plug that that
3: anecdote cuz I think that that should show people who are are looking for a darker SNL what to expect um I would answer maybe, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a, a famous, infamous one, um, the Andrew Dice Clay episode from 1990, um, you know, just because there's there's so much that that went into that and the backstory there and, and you know, the idea of a comic as this dangerous figure, even if it's, you know, a, a notoriously bad episode. Uh, on the flip side, if, if people were looking to discover, like, the platonic ideal for me of an SNL episode, I might actually say the Susan Lucci. Um, episode from 16, uh, like the Game Breaker sketch is, is one of my favorite sketches. You know that balance of of just like a really really well crafted sketch that also goes off the rails and and goes into a, an absurd uh, uh, place. Um, so I that'd be my twofer.
0: Yeah, and don't don't tell Nora Dunn to watch the Andrew Dice Clay episode. Mm. Uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> but
1: did you ever, ever see the Smothers Brothers one where they rained out the show? The show is rained out. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. The show.
0: Yeah, they 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 did some weird things in I, I probably I'd say in the '80s where the whole tone of the show was completely changed. Where they had like a running theme throughout the show. I believe they had I can't think of the name a famous director in it at one point. Coppola. The Coppola. The Coppola yes, exactly. Yeah. He, he was. He Exactly. The Coppola episode where it's basically he's directing the entire show in front mm-hmm. of the camera. Oh, um, one of my favorites.
3: Yeah, so they would... Do- People should just watch that whole season. That whole yeah. season
1: oh. And I just watched the Charles Roden one where he... The, the running bit was that he did not come to rehearsal. Didn't mm-hmm. know, does not watch the show. Doesn't know how the show works. Uh, and would just just kind of like walk off set during a sketch or not know how a sketch is supposed to go and just But really bought gifts for everybody. He was excited to be in New York. (laughs) You
3: know what they should do sometime? They should do more backstage sketches. Like re-watching the Peacock stuff recently, all the sketches where it's like the cast members playing themselves and the supposed backstage drama, even if it doesn't get like a great reaction from the audience, I'm always really amused at that kind of stuff.
2: Well, I, I think now is the time better than ever because right. this, this yes. has such a crazy production cycle that, right.
0: that,
2: yeah, lean into that. Do something about the backstage environment mm-hmm. uh, of the show right now. Why not do something interesting? Do something different.
3: <laughs> uh, Try. Something different. Yes. And I'm going to
0: one up that. I'm going to say even more important now when you have 20 freaking cast members, because that's really the. The biggest problem is that we don't know these guys as well as we should. And the perfect way to fix that is go backstage. I mean, this was... This was basically the crux of the show at the beginning of its run. Was every single week during the cold open, you would go to their fake lockers backstage, yes. bring and, it back, yeah, and <laughs> see them talking to each other. And it was like, this is the reason why, in the last few years, for those who are newer viewers, I love the Leslie Jones, Kyle Mooney stuff that they were doing oh, with yeah. pre tapes because yeah, yeah. they built their own like Marvel universe of right. whatever you know interactions between the cast members there were, right. and that to me was. Was like you you couldn't get more 1975 SNL than doing things that are that are like that.
1: Right? How much fun was it and, when Colin, in the middle of her update piece, said, "Kate, Kate, are, are you okay?" And it, right it, 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 out of nowhere, that that whole what I thought was going to be just a lame idea, I just blossomed into something beautiful. Uh, just exactly, we led into something wonderful and a real moment between them yeah
2: happening. i still think it was a tad too long but that that finally uh really underlined the concept what is going on here oh that's what's going on here and i think this this the bill burr episode had a lot of that i do i do like that uh for snl i don't want a sketch to begin and a couple lines in i uh oh i i think i know the conceit of this Oh yeah, this is playing out just as I thought. There was a couple uh, things in it where it just unveiled, and I didn't know where it was going, uh, especially. So, and, and that's I want that ride. I want that ride of the sketch.
1: We stick around and, for those good nights to watch those good nights because we believe in the camaraderie of this cast. That's kind right. of what, kind of our favorite part. Most people's favorite part is, you know, everybody's fantasies to be part of that team and to see them like being real with each other and you know high-fiving and talking to each other it's that's what we all love anyway so why not lean into that
0: yeah, and and let's let's that's exactly the perfect way that I think we should transition back to this episode a little bit. I want to kind of go around the panel, talk about we're, like I said, we're not going to do sketch by sketch, but I want to do, you know, what did we love from this episode, What didn't we love? And then I want to talk about the cast members, who's standing out to you through two episodes and who is not. So, mm-hmm. uh, Andy, I'll start with you. Tell me what you what did you love from this episode? What didn't you love from this episode?
3: Uh, I think unprecedented would be my my favorite sketch. Um, from Saturday, I, I thought that uh, you know the real life, you know, just seeing n- normal people and and how the the coronavirus has has changed them. I, I thought that 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 worked really well. That's the uh, um,
0: new normal sketch.
3: Yeah, the new yeah, correct. Yeah, the new normal sketch. Um, other than that, uh, other highlights: Jim Carrey vomiting as a fly. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't lose that from my memory um, anytime <laughs> soon. I thought Heidi Gardner as Jill Biden um, was surprisingly effective, or not surprisingly su- effective. Actually, she's she's always excellent, mm. uh, and uh, was just quite the the contrast with uh, Jim Carrey as as Joe, as we've already discussed. Um, and then I, I guess number three would, would probably be the the Sam Adams, or no? I'm sorry, no. Strike that from the record. If you want to cut that out from the, <laughs> the podcast, you can, or you can leave it in. I think number three is. You'll have to, to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number three is is Beck's "Enough Is Enough" his short film because mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a great use of, of Beck's talents uh, playing oblivious and I, I thought it was just a, a, an excellent wry, smart mm-hmm. commentary on on people uh, expressing um, you know their outrage and their their political uh, viewpoints on social media. Yeah. What
2: about you, Andrew? uh ooh. see there's i mean beyond the sam adams that one really sang for me i loved that one that, that was the full blossoming of truly having bill burr on as your host and yeah. uh erupting into anger the the line about is today the day you're gonna you're gonna hit your old man uh that that's just uh, ooh, it was so lived in uh so that was great and actually just the whole episode uh had a tone that i liked like my takeaway for this episode was basically, I enjoyed the intention more than the execution. Mm. And as I slowly, you know, because as we talked about at the beginning, there's just a long ramp up into the episode, but when the sketches started to happen, you know, specifically with the unprecedented uh, sketch, where everything had a quieter slice of life, tone mm-hmm. to it uh, a little bit more dramatic uh leaning than uh, mere just in ages really and that's kind of my favorite type of SNL to to be honest uh i really do like when uh, again you have to have balance but when we dip into the dramatics and not everything has to be punchline 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 uh and just let a sketch unveil itself uh so the sam adams really stuck out to me i I, the weekend update was on fire che especially uh that that was just incredible uh after i I, after i felt you know just the premiere uh update was kind of i don't think they knew exactly where they wanted to go uh felt a little bit like dipping the toe back in the water and then they just jumped in uh with the second one so that was brilliant And, uh, yeah, the, uh, what was the Beck Bennett one again? Nothing. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough, which was kind of a rewrite of a season 42 sketch. The, uh, which was uh, taking on the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad, Hmm. um, Hmm. basically had the same beat of like, oh, okay. You know, it's terrible. I should take it down. Uh, but this one again, it's, it's so insular that that was my favorite part of it was uh it's it's almost all back by himself and just this man in his apartment just watching his entire life crumble over the course of like a minute because of this video uh was was super fun and uh yeah i i think the unprecedented and and the blitz sketches kind of hampered by um Timing issues, especially the Blitz, where there was a lot of of clusterfuckery there, it seemed. But the again, the intention and what they were trying to pull off, I was on board for. And I felt like still Bill anchored it. Bill anchored it and never lost his place. And even if there was an odd, awkward silence, uh, he he was still able to stay in character and stay in the sketch and, and bring us into the next section. So, uh, it, it, you know, if if the next episode is even better than this, we're, like I feel we're back in a good place. Yeah. is my, my takeaway.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And and before I get to Dave, uh, a couple of interesting stats was the uh, you mentioned the Kendall Jenner one uh, for the Enough Is Enough, but actually for the Sam Adams one, this is the second appearance of a Boston establishment commercial. We yeah. Had that- yeah, yeah, we yeah. had that with Casey Affleck a few years ago, and uh, I believe even a couple of characters in it were the same. We get the second appearance of Mikey Day's uh, like construction guard, and now we know who his dad is. So <laughs> um, that I hadn't was-
3: thought about that. That's that's really good.
0: Yeah, so that uh, that's really great. I love building these worlds, um, which we don't right. get to build that often anymore because the right. there are not uh, these like recurring sketches that happen fifteen times in a row. Even though people complain about those a million times, it's nice to kind of build worlds on SNL. Um, and and as far as the enough is enough thing. You, like you said um, that I think the thing that made that work the best was that he was going from room to room and getting call to call. And we just didn't see anybody on the other line. And it was yeah. really just Beck working off of himself until obviously you had Jason Momoa, which um, which is a conversation unto itself about how they're going to be bringing guest stars onto the show. Um, is it going to be for these like pre taped cameos, which probably makes more sense than flying people out to New York on a weekly basis due to COVID. Um, but at least that one felt organic yeah. for the sketch. You know? Agreed. Yeah, and he's like uh, their new favorite uh, cameo at the show, Jason Momoa. But Uh, I did love the line about, uh, oh, it would actually mobilize uh, his his fans. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Dave, so let me bring you in here. What did you like? What didn't you like?
1: Uh, Let's see. Um, I am not liking Beck's Mike Pence. Uh, I think there's a better Mike Pence impression out there. I think Beck is doing uh, an impression of himself as calm. He's like he's doing an impression of Mike Pence's calm demeanor and that's kind of always but there's there's so much more to mike pence physically and vocally that he's not doing which is kind of weird for me so his kamala demeanor yeah exactly (laughs) uh i think maya's kamala is getting much better uh Mm -hmm. feeling much more like kamala maris right uh, than it was last season at all she sounds like her she's getting her vocal tones um uh let's see i thought uh uh, I th- I liked the monologue. I thought the monologue was great. I I, I laughed out loud several times. It got it it, it got me. I like Bill stand up. Um, I don't th- you know. I think more than pushing the edges, I think he just points out hypocrisy really well. Um, I think that's kind of his what what his what his lane is, and I like, I love it when he does that. Um, yeah. Well, what did
0: you think about um I'll, I'll ask the next question to you which is dave like what do you think about the cast in, in, overall like is there anyone who's really been standing out to you in these last two episodes i know that uh one of the things i tweeted out yesterday was we were we have a 20 person cast and we basically had 14 cast members this past weekend still no melissa via for the first two episodes no Aiden mm. no cecily no chris red no bowen this past weekend
1: I know Andrew, where where's I, I Andrew Andrew, excuse me. Yeah. Andrew's a friend and I really want him to get some hairtime. Yeah. Uh I don't want him to get Luke Nold, You know what I mean? Mm. Uh let's hey, see. Hey
3: hey Dave, actually I have a question since you're friends with him. Have you seen the movie that he did, Call Me Brother?
1: You know, every time they screened it here in Austin, uh the star of that and the writer of that is Christina Parrish, who's I think one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen in my life. Uh and they're both Austin awesome stand-ups. Um so every time they screened it in Austin, I had I was out of town. Where I had something to do. So but I just got
3: the screener. It's a weird
1: people, fucking movie. It's <laughs> incest, incest comedy. Uh, and it's so funny uh, from what I've heard. Um, I do... I, I loved Kate's breakdown. I loved... I thought this was Pete's best rant. We can update rant. He
2: Oh, he, absolutely.
1: He, by a long shot, he seems... He, co- uh, uh, the pandemic... Not COVID, The pandemic has been good for him. Uh, because he, he, there's no bags under his eyes. He looks, he looks like he's been eating. Uh, he, he just looks like present and available and sharp, sharper than I've ever seen him. Uh, and, uh, I was really a fan of his tonight. Uh, and to me,
0: he's way less Sandler than he used to be. Like,
1: yeah. And I'm not always a big fan of Pete, especially when I kind of feel like he's, you know, not doing well healthy. Mm. Um, I think that reflects in his comedy, reflects in his timing. But the, he's been he's been very good these last two weeks uh, better than um, I have given him credit for recently. And I tell you what, I really enjoyed was Heidi's performance in the Sam Adams commercial, which is so <laughs> out of character for her to play it sh- as straight as possible, like uh, spokeswoman, g- generic spokeswoman, without adding any kind of like weirdness to that character which might have been a stretch for her for all I know. Uh, but I really enjoyed how she hit that note, uh, that, that note well, just to kind of like counterbalance the madness that was going around her.
2: Mm. Well, I think Heidi is, is one of the best uh, dramatic actors that they have on the show mm-hmm. right now. Like that's, Uh, it was almost a shame for an episode that did seem to hinge on a little bit more quieter slice of life stuff, uh, that Heidi really didn't appear too much in it because, uh, yeah, her, uh, Mikey is quite adept at it. Um, and we haven't really seen too many other, uh, just not enough people getting that, that chance to really flex their dramatic, uh, you know the uh, uh, tendencies yeah but. that's on my wish list is for them to do
3: like a remember like the sissy spacek sketch with john belushi you know oh, like yeah. something like that i think heidi would would crush
2: oh crush it yeah i mean we almost got there with the rv life uh sketch yes. the, the yes. corral but even that had to kind of uh fart out an snl ending at the end <laughs> And it was like, ah, we were almost there. Oh, so close! I wish I could
3: have recast um, the um, unprecedented sketch and swap out Kate for Heidi because, oh yeah, like Kate's broadness—it was too, yeah, it was too
2: too broad. Yeah, and and, like my thing with the unprecedented, like, I really did enjoy that, but it like I needed a it needed a smoother ramp up of madness. I felt that it didn't quite have like it it Mm -hmm. kind of just had these bursts. um, Yeah,
3: the the pacing thing that that you would have ironed out in a uh, more seamless show, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But again, I appreciate the try. Like, please keep doing more of that, more of that.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious what you guys think um, in general about the fact that we do have cast members. It's one of the things that we discussed on the preseason show. We have cast members who are not going to be there on a weekly basis. And to me, it didn't have too much of of an effect on the show. I think if you're not like following it in too much detail, it's actually kind of nice to be working with a smaller group of people so we can see them in more things. But did anyone feel like the show was affected a little bit by that? It was weird seeing a lot of Beck like I
2: don't I like Beck, um, but I feel like he's probably, you know, like a lot of cast members, uh, somebody who probably should have moved on by now. And he's like, he's just not a backbone type of guy. Uh, I I feel that Alex Moffat is really probably should be our backbone guy like that to me. Alex feels like our our Hartman uh, in waiting. And it's just kind of odd, like having a cast this big, like talking about Andrew Dismukes earlier uh, and just how we haven't seen him. I feel we haven't seen him because Kyle's still there. Like he could have been in the mob sketch, but I think we just cast Kyle instead Uh, or Lauren Holt, where I'm already getting from, you know, uh, people that just like it's hard to tell her and eighty apart especially when you have them both in the same sketch uh and that's nothing against lauren but um it does seem like now that the cast has the replacements for the people that are still there <laughs> and it's huh. odd and uh to see melissa get shut out again uh, just infuriates me because like i d- just see the show not utilize such a unique voice and somebody who comes out and really I think crushes it every single time that they give her uh, a chance to shine so the fact that we still then after that uh, go weeks episodes uh, without seeing her is just, just why 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 are we not why are we not doing this yeah, and, and uh, it's
0: it's not like we're getting the the Kyle Mooney treatment where all of her sketches end up online somewhere. It's right. like we're not seeing her at all, and 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 that sucks because I think I mean, pretty- she
2: was just tweeting
0: through the episode.
2: Like, she was right. just defending Bill Burr's monologue, which, I mean, fine, but it really did seem like, oh, yeah, I guess Melissa's not going to be part of the show. I don't even think she was on stage for The Good Nights. I don't think she was in the studio, so... Hmm. Uh, You know, that just I I don't appreciate it. And I don't like that. I like Melissa a lot. And uh, she brings the kind of vibe I want from the show. Uh, So, yeah, that was that was a bummer. That was a bummer. Continues to be a bummer.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And and, uh, this is going to be something we're going to continue to track throughout the entire season, which cast members are there and not there and which ones are appearing the most, because I do think that we've finally i think in season 46 reached the apex or the apex of this growth of the cast and i think we're probably headed towards a smaller cast in the next few years hopefully maybe not andrew you're shaking your head but um i mean it's 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 my hope at least because like i said i think every single week when you have somebody going out there doing three or four sketches that's when they shine. But I think when you have somebody who's not appearing in the show or only there for one sketch, they just don't stand out throughout the season. And that's how you, um, one of the things here, I'll, I'll give a great, a great example, which is um, over the last two years before I've done these panels, I was just tweeting out stats on the SNL stats Twitter account. And I actually had people who were semi-affiliated with the show write to me and say, based on all of your knowledge and all of your um, your notes and stats that you have, do you have any suggestions for what makes a successful SNL cast member? And obviously, I don't have the answers to that. I don't think it's a simple answer. I think that there's many ways to be successful on the show. But saying that, having a big cast means automatically, if you put in any math equation, there's just too many variables involved for you to be able to be successful in your long run on the show.
1: And Dave, I'll bring you in. I got one solid suggestion. Write yourself some really good sketches that put yourself mm. in sketches. That's the only way anybody has ever succeeded on Scient Live. Is that how Jason got into the cast. You know, that's how uh people Oh sketch- even Andrew, right? Andrew was a writer last year. Oh yeah. yeah. Last couple of years. Yeah. He's gotta write himself some sketches that feature him. As good as his sketches were that he wrote, he's gotta write them around himself. I spent um you know, I spent a couple years me and a buddy. Uh, uh, when Seth first got on the show, we would uh, send Seth like a hundred ideas for him to pitch, just for him and the and the, and the host uh, each week. Just like, hey, here's if you don't got no ideas, here's some free hundred ideas of you and the host. Uh, and we did that for uh, about a year and a half, two years, just like hoping to get him some screen time as best as we could. Um, and then Seth eventually learned how to write for himself and the host. And he did a lot of those sketches were just him and the host, him and the host. Mm. One of those early you had with him and the host. Mm-hmm. And you got- but
2: then why why do you even have writers for the show then? Like, And that gets into a weird gray area for me personally of like, you know, why do you have writers for the show if we then demand that the cast writes for itself and we don't credit them, you know, but- in the credits for but- that
1: you have, uh, it, you have your Farleys and your uh, your uh, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else who is an amazing performer that just didn't write. Uh,
2: I mean, but, I think that's I, what, what Melissa or like a
0: Lorraine Newman like they 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 just weren't comedy writers, but they're great performers. I would uh, say Keenan Keenan is probably a really good example, of a guy who shows up and is given his lines and kills it.
2: Yeah, so I I, I don't think that's the way the show should work even though it does because i think that uh you know puts people at a disadvantage who are just not uh, good at at sketch writing or just coming up with four ideas on one night uh and, where, and somewhat slapping them together you know
1: where would where would, where would Phil, will forte be without the falconer and tim calhoun i mean those are just early early wins for him yeah. featured his personality his sense of humor, uh, and you know, made made the show his own uh, to the point where they just you know give him the last five minutes of the of the show each week to do whatever the hell they can think of.
0: Yeah, um, Andy, any any two cents on all that?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think right now the show is at a very strange, precarious place. You know, it seems like there's almost like a. I don't want to say method to the madness, but there's something deliberate about who's here this week. Who's not here this week. Like I know like some of the the big heavies have other projects going on. So they've kind of adopted this, this skeleton crew. I mean, but again, it, I think it gets back to the word of the day is, is disjointed. And, you know, that for better, or for worse with the celebrity cameos and, and with everything else that's going on, you're depriving oxygen from the next will forte to, you know, grow into his role or, or come up with a falconer sketch you know i i think there's a number of, of guys who have just so much potential but you know it's like bumper cars um trying to even give them a, a, an opportunity to to shine you know so it's like the show wants to be so many different things that it's almost nothing at a, at a certain point
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's going to be my, my goal for the, the first run of the shows, and whenever we get to the end of it, whether it's five episodes, six episodes, I don't even think they know yet, but whenever we get to the end of the first run, uh, the show that I, I do following that that last episode of the first run was is going to be really interesting because I want to track all the stats of who mm-hmm. was in how many sketches, who's doing well for the first run of the show, and who needs to change a lot moving forward. So I'm going to put a pin in this discussion for now, and when you, know, you guys will all be back with me throughout the season, and we're going to keep getting into that um, as we move forward. But uh, there's a few more things I just want to discuss before we go. One of them is um, a, an amazing... Um, You know, I'm not sure how much they they could have done because he was only on the show once, but it was just very nice to see that tribute to Eddie Van Halen on the show on Saturday. Um, That is something that I want to, you know, it's unfortunate we have these, these celebrity deaths, but when they do happen, I want to bring them up on the show. Uh, to at least talk about that um, so for those who don't know when that was from that is actually from 1987 the Valerie Bernelli episode where he cameoed with the Robert Cray band so um, you know them going back to season 12 and showing a clip from that is always nice um, so if anybody has any opinions about that and then uh, the, the the great thing was Jack White with Ooh. the you know Eddie Van Halen guitar wasn't oh my god mm-hmm. yes. MV. amazing
2: MVP of the night Jack White yep Yeah, Yeah, my goodness, we fell ass backwards into such an upgrade, I felt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, I don't want to cast dispersions on on Morgan Wallen and and his music, (laughs) uh, but wow. I mean, we really lucked out with that. I I don't, when the dust settles, I I don't know where that's going to land, but like on the night, absolutely blown away. And like for, for right now, it's like, that's at least top 20. SNL music performance I felt like Jack White absolutely slaughtered it it was amazing and then the little bit of the Eddie Van Halen uh tribute at the end it just it all came together very nicely um and really kept the energy going for the episode uh I oh 100% that, you know I just I felt like that was the element that episode needed was some just real just balls to the wall rock and roll, and uh, man, loved it. That was. Incredible. I'm a little.
3: Uh, I'm a little embarrassed that it took us a an hour and ten minutes even to acknowledge it because you're you're absolutely right. It was yeah a, an instant classic performance coupled with Bill Burr. Just a real. The whole episode had a real throwback vibe. I mean, for Christ's sakes, you know, like we talk about uh, the Eddie Van Halen um, guitar, but the fact that he did a medley of Beyonce. And uh Blind Willie Johnson, like a blues song from like 1928 or whatever. I mean, mm. and it was so seamless. It was mm. so perfect. Just that that's an instant
0: iconic performance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And it's one of those things that I, I assume they can't do their regular SNL after parties because of the pandemic. But I don't know what they're doing after the shows or if they have a party in the studio or whatever it is. But you always hear cast members and former cast members talk about when they have this epic musical guest they do their own mini party after with the musical guest, whether it was you know Prince or I've heard Fred Armisen talk about you know a million times when he had a musical guest he absolutely loved he convinced them to perform at the after party or just to hang out with them and stuff like that and I just feel like Jack White is one of those guys that he was jamming after the show and they're all hanging out with him like something like that
2: yeah and he's <laughs> been around I mean this isn't the first time obviously that Jack White's been on the show so yeah. I, I'm sure he did everybody had fun To the degree that they could have after the show
0: yeah exactly um okay so so moving forward from that um we have one episode coming up with host isa ray and then we have more episodes coming no announcement for the host yet so we'll get into that a little bit more next week when we have some more information but i'm going to go around the panel give me one thing that you want to see in the Issa ray episode next week dave
1: uh, boy, that's a great question. Uh, I would love to see uh, some real acting. I think Issa's is a great actress. Um, and I'd like to see uh, yeah, i think I think she's gonna be great host, and I hope it's the first of many because I think I'm a big fan of hers. And I think she's uh, brings a tenderness and a, and a, and a kind of sincerity to her acting that um, I think we can use on Saturday Night Live right now. And she also seems to have a very, um, I wanna say elevate, elevate is not the right word, just very high bar uh, for uh, quality uh, in her work. And I hope that translates into. I think he, I hope she brings everybody up to her level.
0: Hmm. Okay, what about you, Andrew?
2: Honestly, I don't know much about her, and that's always a fun thing uh, for me is when I see somebody host the show that I don't really have much context for. Uh, that's that's always just a fun uh, journey for me. Uh, I do know that she does come from the Black Lady Sketch Show, uh, which if I just watched more television, I would have checked out because what I did see of it uh, did seem pretty damn fun. A-plus hey, 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 um, hey, hey, sketch. Yeah, and if you say like she's more uh, dramatic, then I, I just want this week to then carry over. Like, just please tighten up what we did with Bill Burr and uh, uh, just bring that into with, with Issa Rae, uh please. And yeah. Uh, You know and maybe some chris red you know i love chris red and it always seems like he's not uh he's never ever given the do that he needs on the show like he's always given one thing every couple episodes and i love chris i think he's he's just naturally funny uh and it's, it's great uh to see ego uh just be uh really anchoring it uh on the show especially these last two episodes um But yeah, more, more, more Chris and uh, maybe so more Melissa. Let's see what Andrew can do. Um, You know, maybe just this episode, give the people who have not been able to shine in the last two episodes their chance and hopefully Issa can then bring them up to her level and that that should be fun. Yeah. And what about you, Andy?
3: Uh, I want to echo both what Andrew and, and Dave have said. That that all sounds great. Let's try it. Let's see what they can do. You know, I think mostly uh, I'd be really excited to um, see the see the show reflect the times that we're in. Um, you know, I think that, that uh, Issa's that that kind of host that could uh, you know make the show uh, reflect everything that's going on in a very funny and uh, uh, observant way. Uh, I'd love Punky Johnson as well to to be given a, a chance to to step up to the plate and and hit a ground rule double. Um, you know, I think outside, you know, just watching the show go in directions that it usually doesn't and probably won't. Uh, maybe let's see a Celebrity Jeopardy or a Black Jeopardy come back. You know, um, I, I think she that could be a fun one to to see her persona fit inside that uh, that format. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think, we, uh, I think we even had a Family Feud suggestion last week from one of our panelists as well for her. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot. there could be a lot of really cool things next week. Um, I'm really excited to talk about it. Before we end our show, I'm going to go around the panel. I'll give you all one chance to plug anything you have going on. Um, so, Dave, anything uh, in the comedy scene?
1: Uh, well, we're out in Austin. I own a theater called Cold Town Theater. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's it's an improv and stand-up theater. We're going dark. Until we can do shows again, so
0: dark like Bill Burr, dark or
1: no, <laughs> dark as in yeah, uh, 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 mm, uh, like we <laughs> don't have a space anymore. So. <laughs> I masks. Um, so uh, hey, if you want to donate to Coldtown Theater and keep a struggling arts theater community alive, that Andrew Dismoos comes from, um, mm. as well as Noah Wells. Uh, then uh, please consider donating to Coldtown Theater. C-O-L-D-T-O-W-N-E theater. uh, Coldtowntheater.com
0: Yeah. Um, Andrew, what about you?
2: Uh, That Week in SNL, Vintage SNL Podcast. uh, This Friday, we'll have our second episode of the season. That's Kate Hudson and Radiohead from 2000. (laughs) Uh, That's going to be a fun one to talk about. And then two weeks after that, what's this? We're Talking about that Charles Grodin episode, yeah. Oh. Um,
1: is that and...
2: I'm sorry, sorry going
1: is that Kate Hudson, the one with uh, the Japanese Laverne and Shirley? Mm hmm, yeah, it, yeah. it, it definitely funny. is so funny,
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's something, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Maya brought with her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see Okay, uh, so anyway. That's that episode. Groden. after that. Uh, then we're talking the Sarah Jessica Parker episode from season 20. Got a lot of fun things coming down the pike. A lot of fun uh, guests in on the episodes with us. So that week in now you can find it wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Yeah, her, her
3: monologue is that the Bruce Springsteen one. It's like her doing the song with like Adam Sandler, right?
2: Oh, no, that's just like a, a sketch. That's just a sketch. That's just dueling guitarist, whatever the hell that sketch is. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, will definitely subscribe to, to that. And I, I'm really excited to hear that show. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll definitely be tuning in. Andy, uh, do, you, do you tell everybody who you're going to have on your recaps week to week? Or is it a surprise when the episode comes out?
3: Uh, it's a surprise to me, honestly. Okay. Um So yeah, definitely check out uh, you know the the Entertainment Weekly recaps. I try to update those uh, in real time. You know, uh, I'll do three or four different segments as the show is going on, so you can follow along if you like. Um, otherwise, you know, just check out uh, you know the SNL and review uh, uh, Twitter page. Uh, as well as, um, you know, hopefully I'll I'll have some uh, additional Vulture interviews down the pike as well, too. So in the meantime, if if folks want to check out uh, my recent conversations with uh, Siobhan Fallon and and Danny Dillon and uh, Dan Vitale, um, that would be great. Uh, Siobhan's great, by the way. Um, You know, folks should also, I'd encourage them to to follow her movie on on social platforms, uh, Rushed, uh, which she wrote and produced. Uh, it's oh, coming wow. out with uh, Robert Patrick and Ellen Cleghorn actually. Cool. Um, so a little bit of an SNL cool. reunion there. Um, so check her out and, and, and please check out Jeff Richards' podcast too.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that's exciting. We're always, uh, especially on this show, I want to follow the alumni. So it's it's really cool to talk about all that stuff. Um, So yeah, like you heard, there's some amazing recaps in the community, amazing podcasts. If you love the shows that we're doing on a weekly basis, we have some really fun panelists that we've had on the show and ones that we have lined up for the next few weeks. Um, We're gonna have all these guys back throughout the season. So we're gonna have more really exciting discussions like this. I love tonight's discussion. It was high energy, it was exciting and it was exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I told these guys before the show, I just want to be people hanging out at a bar talking mm-hmm. about SNL, and and I think that uh, Andy, if your bourbon is any indication, um, I think we did that tonight. So yeah, empty, so, I need to re up exactly. So <laughs> we'll we'll have to get through vodka. <laughs> okay, There you go. So we'll have to get through two of those at least uh, next time you guys are on. But uh, <laughs> if you if you love SNL stats and you're interested in the panel shows and. Please follow uh, our Twitter account at SNL stats. Please look on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, You search SNL stats and you can see our shows and on any podcatcher, We're available. We're there. Our shows go up on Tuesdays. We record on Mondays and we're heading towards live show eventually. So we're just working out all those kinks. So it should be really exciting. Um, I hope you love the show so far. Please send me any feedback if you guys have. Anyways, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you, John. No, thank you. And uh, we will see you next week. Good night and have a pleasant week. We'll see you next time.